Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. You are now listening to episode 149, part two. Didn't have everything together there for the opening, but we are here. Um, If you guys haven't heard part one, Evan recorded earlier this morning uh, and gave his bit on week five recap from the Prem. Uh, A lot going on, our first set of uh, midweek fixtures. so you're going to get my half of the episode today, or this evening, I guess, um, recording this on the 2nd, September 2nd, before the weekend fixtures here. But I'm not alone, uh, making his first appearance of this season. Uh, Zach is on, uh, giving his picks, said he had to come on sooner or later because uh, he's starting to make a comeback with his uh, records here. How we doing, Zach? Good. Doing my best to stay even, and I've been enjoying the season. Yeah, uh, I'm sure United doing some business there in the window. You're probably happy with a lot of their signings. Um, quick recap on the week five records. Everybody did decent. Uh, I went five and five again. And then uh, Evan and Zach both went six and four. So overall records, that puts Evan at 22 and 28. And then Zach and I are level both at 25 and 25. So pretty decent start last year i had a really bad start and could never recover so sooner or later hopefully i can rack a couple positive weeks but um it's really tough guessing those mid to low table teams especially when they're playing amongst each other right yeah definitely that's why i tend to go with draws if i don't know which side will pull away and yeah. that's gotten me to even so far yeah and you and evan both had big big uh dubs there with that bournemouth wolves draw call and then evan got a big one on the um fulham fulham win there over brighton bit of an upset and i guess we can start there um fulham continue their dominance i don't know if you would call it dominance but they've they've shown that they are ready for the league there they played all levels of teams from last season top table teams in liverpool they got a draw there um, getting wins against teams that finished in the bottom area in Brentford. Um, and now Brighton, a pretty pretty stable team in the league. They're fourth currently. Uh, that was their first defeat of the year. And Fulham right now sit eighth. Uh, 2-1 win. Mitrovic on the score sheet once again, his fifth of the season. Uh, scored in four out of five matches. Should have scored at five out of five after that uh, missed penalty against Wolves a couple games ago. Uh, dunk on the own goal unfortunate there added to the misery uh, misery compiler there against Brighton and then they got one back off a dodgy penalty call what do you think overall about this game Zach I well I ended up picking Brighton to win and I thought they would get one early and then control the game and maybe slow the pace down since Mitrovic is such a big target Yeah, but it went the opposite way Fulham ended up going up right at the start of the second half with that Mitrovic goal, the dunk own goal, as you said, added on to the misery. He's due at least one own goal every season, as far as I've seen on the stat lines. Uh, Brighton got the penalty, but it wasn't quite enough. Brighton from behind, I feel like Manchester United from behind. They're, they're chasing uh, the dust trail. They need they need that lead to be able to gain control, and they didn't have it, so Fulham ran away with it. Yeah, this was the first time this season that Brighton really got exposed a bit. Are we underestimating Fulham? this season so far yeah or is it too early yeah 
It might be a bit of both, but you might see some of my uh, picks change later on now that Fulham's got their legs under him and Mitrovic is showing that he's just ready to ball out. Yeah, I mean, last year, last time they were up uh, in the 2020-2021 season, they, he only he didn't even break 10, did he? He only had three goals. Uh, he had three. And now he's already at five in five games. So five. So, he's he's uh, up there with the other shooters. He's well on track to get around that 15-20 to 20 mark, really, in last year. That was pretty good to finish top five in the goal scoring column for top scores. So he's got some new help coming in with the transfer window closing too. Yeah, and I guess after we touch on these matches, we'll touch on the teams and their deadline day business. Brighton only making one signing. They signed Billy Gilmore from Chelsea on a permanent deal for around eleven and a half million dollars. I think that's a great signing for them. Um, couldn't find his footing in the Chelsea squad last year. Uh, going on loan to Norwich really put a damper on his growth, especially for the year Norwich had last year. Um, really set him back. So I think going there under Graham Potter is going to work wonders for him. He's not going to be a normal starter playing behind Casado and Mwepu, but I think he'll definitely get rotated in there more than he would at Chelsea. So that's Brighton's business. Fulham doing a lot more. They bring in uh, Carlos Vinicius um, from Benfica only like nine months after he left Spurs. So he comes in depth there from Mitrovic. Uh, Dan James, they get on loan from Leeds. That was one I didn't see coming. Uh, Dan James was getting good minutes in Leeds. So um, I wonder about that one. And I then, heard that he wanted more playing time before the World Cup. That's what I heard. Yeah, for Wales, I'm sure. But um, I, I, that doesn't make sense to me because now they also signed Willian on a free from Corinthians. So um, that front that front three, if you will, they have Mitrovic. Um, I guess Dan James will may play more as a wing now since they, they play with the big man in the middle. So he's competing with Willian, Cabano, um, De Cordova-Reed, um, and then there's somebody else I'm forgetting about. So, and then the other I guy... I think those are your main players. Yeah, and they... they earlier in the window, they signed that Solomon guy from... Um, Shakhtar, but I think he had a serious injury, so he'll be out until I think after the World Cup. But there's a lot of depth in that position already, so it doesn't really make sense for Dan James to go there. I'm not sure, but yeah. Moving on to the next game, we had Crystal Palace, Brentford, a 1 1 draw um, at the depths there. Brentford stole it. What did you think about Palace so far? Uh, their start to the year they, they they're a hard team to play but it seems like they're lacking a bit of firepower yeah i mean zaha can only do so much for him mm-hmm. going forward you you see the goals he gets are from one two maybe even just one pass out of the back and he's gone he gets that breakaway chance and it's almost given that he puts it in but after that, the uh, the opposing team seems to control the game until they get that final knock on the door like Brentford did. So those quick counter plays can only bail you out so many times, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Zaha did open up the scoring, not until the 60th minute. Um, and then late in the game, Visa getting the equalizer. It seems like that's how Brighton's st- uh, story's been of lately. They, they go down Brentford. first. Brentford, sorry. Um they go down first and then they always have to fight back but uh they seem like a team that are always competing week in a week out uh we know how good Tooney can be but we're seeing uh some of those supporting roles or uh, the supporting cast pick up the slack when he can't so 
Um, a 1-1 draw for both teams. Uh, and Buemo kind of had an off game here. We saw the, uh, Keen Lewis Potter make his first start for the club in the league. Um, Powell's side, uh, pretty standard lineup. We saw Elise get his first start. So we got to see Eze, Zaha, and Elise all out there together. A uh, frightening trio to come up against. But both teams have to share the point and uh, both sit right there at that mid-table level. Um, Business-wise, uh, Brentford didn't make any deadline business go through. Um, and I think Palace, same deal. They didn't sign anybody. There were talks about them getting Juan Bissaka back from United, uh, but that never went through because uh, United didn't get uh, anybody to replace Juan Bissaka. So uh, it, we could see that in January. You never know. Uh, but both teams will carry on with the squads they have. Then we move on to Southampton, Chelsea. Uh, Southampton 2, Chelsea 1. This is uh, the one people didn't see coming. Southampton really been battling this year, competing with everybody. Not going down without a fight. Uh, the scoring started with Sterling in the 23rd. Got another goal there. Uh, nice little cutback and composure from Sterling. And then... Instant reply, Lavia, the holding mid, from, who they signed from Man City, with a nice finesse screamer from like 20 out. And then Adam Armstrong, straight after, uh, or right at, at uh, before the half, gets the 2-1 lead for them. So, And from there, it seemed like Chelsea were lost a bit and struggling to find those chances. Loftus-Cheek picked up a knock and was subbed out at halftime. We saw... Um, Kovacic come in, play a full half. Pulisic didn't do anything when he came on. Same with Chilwell, didn't have enough time. Uh, and then Broya got his first minutes, uh, extensive minutes in the team. And I just felt like didn't, he, he didn't really get enough time to really, uh, to get his stance on the game or make his mark on the game. Uh, Southampton are good with their game management. I think Bella Kutchup, the, signing, the center back next to Salazu, played really well He's, he was a big thorn in our side he just it's absolutely bullying bullying sterling um, we saw ward prowse play a more advanced role in this game still didn't really get many involvement in the match overall um what do you think about this start from chelsea uh, is the squad just not buying into tuchel is there too many people that have their minds elsewhere wanting regular first team minutes uh, i think it's a bit of a mixed bag it's almost like the Ten Hag situation from the first two games. Maybe the the uh, the new signings coming in not gelling with the style of manager. I mean, you could take it game by game. I think based in in this game, this is one that you say that was shocking, but this is really a game that Southampton does take a point from. They've done it in the past at home versus City. They've taken a draw. Taken all three at home to City. They've taken all three. I think uh, Hassan Hoodle's got a great game plan versus these sort of teams. He can read how their attacking style is with Chelsea. He said it. It was with Sally Sue to absolutely shut down and smother Sterling, uh, which he did. If you saw that game, he was all over him. Uh, I believe he got a yellow card in there too. Sally Sue did, yeah, in the 53rd, but... You know, Chelsea's been getting shut down, and I think all the problems lead to their attack, and that's what I always say with Chelsea. The the forwards, got, Tuchel can bring in all these defenders and strengthen the back all he wants, but you're going to need those goals to take you up to the top of the table. 
Yeah, and touching on both teams' business on deadline day, um, I believe Southampton picked up even more youngsters. Uh, they pick up Samuel Edouzi from Man City's academy. I think they signed him for around $12 million. Southampton's been eyeing up a lot of City Academy guys. Yeah, they get him, and they also signed a left-back, Juan Lares, um, getting some depth there. Uh, Perot still trying to get his legs back under him, as well as Livermento not, not back until after the World Cup. So they bring two more youngsters there. And they signed another center back from Marseille, $11 million, a Duje Colette car. So they're bringing a lot of depth in the back line, which is where they've been lacking it. Um, I think they let uh, Oriol Romeo go. Um, they let him go to La Liga for Girona. Um, I think that was the only departure they had on deadline day. Oh, as well as uh, they loaned out Jan Bednarek to Aston Villa. So... Um, clearing out there they really find in their structure and good and they have good squad depth now at this point so um predicting them in the relegation zone is seeming like a very bad uh take at this stage of the year but southampton are definitely a team that could go on like a eight game losing streak um if if the cards fall the right way chelsea's business the most active team i think we can agree on this window maybe just behind nottingham forest uh for the the quantity of players but we brought in quite a few. Uh, deadline day, we get Dennis Zakaria. We loan uh, him, a 25-year-old holding mid. Uh, Switzerland international from Juve uh, just for the year. Um, I've been hearing people say he picked up a bad knee injury two years ago and has never been the same since. So we'll see. He's just providing that depth when N'Golo Conte can't be available. That's something we've needed. Um having two smaller central mid guys play together just doesn't work we don't have any um presence in the middle of the park to win the ball back at times we sign uh we finally got wesley fofana across the line i think it was 75 million pounds with a uh, 5 million in add-ons or 10 so but um we finally get him he's a one for the future six-year deal with a seventh uh year optional um somebody that just is going to be a long stake in this team we'd like i'd like to believe but you never know with form and especially with this big clubs if they have one or two bad games uh, people just sign them off and then uh the last one we talk about strikers we we've spun the wheel again and now we are on a bombing the guy oh. now to your deal two. with a third year optional depending on uh his performances Duke will get his guy yeah, everybody's talking about uh, Tommy T and Aubameyang having that linkage in Dortmund and people saying his behavior issues, but Tuchel says there's no issues there. He just has a, a tardiness issue with Pat not getting at places like an hour beforehand, but other than that, he's a professional, and we'll see. He still has to recover from his um, injuries from the robbery on his house. I think he's not set to be back for... A few weeks, like October. three to four weeks. We'll see. Yeah, he's if, dealing with a broken jaw. Yeah, we'll see if his recovery can be sped up at all. But we're gonna have to make do without him for now, and and it's gonna have to be heavily on Sterling. We're gonna need Mountain Havertz to wake up and get involved. They've been lacking, and it's shown in the results. We've in the results we sit tenth now, on seven points, two wins, a draw, and a def- two defeats. So we'll see. We spent a total of. $310 million the most in this window for ourselves with only uh, us getting $64 million back. So uh, a, a loss of about $250 million. So there's a lot riding on this. Um, I think 
there's even more weight on Tuchel now to get top four because this is he's had control of the team. Uh, Bowley's gone out of his way to get the guys that Tuchel wants, and uh, if we don't get top four, I think there's real questions on Tuchel to come back next year. So it's it's early days. I think we we still need players to buy in. Uh, people were upset about not leaving Tuchel, uh, and Ziyech, especially wanting to get either sold or loaned out to get first team minutes. So, I mean, now they're here until January at least, and we'll see. They have to they have to play. They have to play hard now. So they have to stop bitching and moaning, really. Um, and, yeah, moving on. Last Tuesday game we had Leeds-Everton. 1-1 uh, draw. Everton getting that, that lead early on. Anthony Gordon again, just like last week against Brentford, a ball over the top. He's in one-on-one. Slots at home, class this time assist from Awobi, rocking that central midfielder role. We'll see if he continues in that role, especially after the signings Everton made. And then a uh, new boy Lewis Sinister getting his first goal for Leeds in the 56, getting a response there, long shot from outside the box. Uh, and then from there, it was just kind of back and forth, nothing going on really. Uh, Everton doing their thing, just breaking the play down. Uh, taking the pace out of the game and just slowing things down, whereas Leeds are a very high-tempo team, want to go really quick. Uh, unfortunately, we saw Rodrigo dislocate his shoulder, so he'll be out for the next three weeks. So we're going to have to see if Banford is ready to play the full 90 or at least a good 70, uh, because if they don't have him, they already just loaned out Dan James, who last year when Banford was hurt, Dan James played that striker role. Um and now they're just left with Joel Gerhardt besides him. And he came on as a sub for Rodrigo, and he was also subbed off in the same game for Banford. So I don't think they have full confidence in him to be the guy. Um, so Banford better be ready to go. Um, what do you, I guess, starting off with Leeds, what did you think about, what do you think about the loss of Rodrigo? Uh, it's massive. He's a flying form. The fans were loving him. Everyone was loving him. He, he was loving his game, and then that injury just takes the wind out of his sails. I mean, you hope when he comes back that he bounces back from it, but I have a feeling that he's going to go back to his form from last year. Uh, I mean, he's already passed his goal record from last year, if I'm not mistaken. I, or he's getting close to it. I think around I think, there. Yeah, I think he's just about there. I think it's going to be tough for him to get back to that form. Especially now that Bamford's coming back, they're both going to be fighting for that role. Um, um, those are that's pretty much my thoughts on the Rodrigo situation. And then Everton, what do you think about that? Their third draw in a row. Um, draws aren't going to cut it if they want to stay in the league. They're eventually going to have to no. win, right? Yeah, you want them to get their wins. Uh, they're going to have Calvert Lewin coming back soon, but Anthony Gordon has stepped up into that uh, main attacker role. He's been banging in the goals for him or at least getting plenty of shots every game showing he's got the drive. He was linked with a move away during the window here, but is actually staying. So I think he's going to be a massive player for that for the Everton team here. Yeah, he's going to have to put up at least 10 goals if they have a fighting chance to stay up. Um, he's got it in him if he gets like four or five shots a game, which he has been. I think we're going to slowly see him get pushed out to back to where he normally plays out in the wing um, because of the signings that Everton made. Uh, not on deadline day, but a couple of days before they did sign Neil Mupe, who is a, is a striker. We, he has put up um, 10 goal seasons with Brighton. He also played with Brentford too before that. 
Um, so he is proven in the league. We know he's a bit of a hothead, but he, he can provide goals. Um, they also signed James Gardner, the defensive mid for Man United, 11 mil on a permanent. Um, I think there's a buyback clause in that, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I believe so. So, I, but I think his contract right now is a four year deal. He sounded um, excited to to go play for Everton. He's from the Liverpool as well. Yeah, I mean he's he's he did great last year getting Nottingham Forest promoted and. Now he's getting his first minutes in the Prem just in a regular basis. So they added they added depth in the positions they really needed. Um, they got their striker in in Mupai. They brought in at least three to f- three center mid players to to give more depth there. Oh, I forgot. Uh, they also got uh, Idrissa Ganagay back from PSG. Yep. Uh, he formerly played there for three to four years with them. He's so, another guy who's happy to be at the club. Yeah, he's familiar with the club. It's not going to take him very long. He's a veteran of the team now, 32 years old. So he'll be able to give some some advice to all the younger guys. Time to produce the results now. Yeah, so moving on. Uh, oh, Leeds. Uh, did I mention Leeds? Yeah, they did. mentioned that Dan James left on loan, but yeah, they let in terms of go. bringing people in, no, no, on deadline day. Yeah, nothing new. Uh, I didn't see this guy's name, Wilfred Ganetto. I think I'm from Zurich. The I think that's the got him listed as a second striker. Where is Zurich? Young, 18 year old. It's, Switzerland. Oh, it's in the Swiss league. All right, so I'm sure he's not going to be a first team player. But um, we move on to the Wednesday fixtures. We go Man City, Nottingham Forest, six nil pumping hat trick from Holland, brace from Alvarez. And then uh, one more cheeky one for Zhao Cancelo with a screamer top of the box. Um, eventually, Dean Henderson was going to get pumped, you know? Yep. Uh, it was inevitable for this game. This was just city dominance. What did you think about Holland's Plain performance? He's just week in and week out. He's got nine goals already. He set the new record for uh, uh, starts in the Prem in the first five games. He beat Aguero's record there with eight, so now he's got nine after five. And it doesn't seem like he's going to stop anytime soon. It seems like the only person that's going to stop him is himself. No, it's or injury. Yeah, that's it's just mean, that yeah. he is all about the positioning. He's always in that square in front of goal. Yeah, he only touches he's at the, the ball right place maybe, at like the right 10, time. He gets like ten to fifteen touches a game. And max. The runs he makes, once he gets going at full speed and the ball's played in at the perfect time, which he has great service from that midfield, he's gone. There's nothing you could seemingly don't think you could do to stop him. You see Joel Ward last week for Palace just getting manhandled by him. You saw Joe Worrell here for Forrest getting abused by him. Uh, he's just perfection so far. He's doing everything right, nothing wrong. And he's the relationship between him and Pep seems to be a very fruitful one. So, I mean, he's on track, to be honest, to be potentially the new Alan Shearer in terms of goal production. Yeah, I think eventually when there's more film on him, I think teams will slowly figure him out. I don't think anybody is is uh, unstoppable well, to, it's, it's one to thing make a to game figure out for. his. It's one thing to figure out his game plan, but... You see the size of that guy. I mean, there's not many people who match up with him one-to-one in terms of physique. I think you need to stop him before he gets going. I think that's the thing. That's when he gets on the ball, you can't let him turn and find find space. And Maybe that leads to being more chippy or fouling and, or getting uh, in his head, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, you you got to kind of do what um, Paus did against Nunes. You try to disrupt his playing, throw him off right. base, and um, Nottingham Forest side. They've made twenty signings and they can't figure out their starting eleven. Um, sooner or later, they're gonna they're gonna. It, it seems like they're gonna keep dropping points, but they have a good fighting spirit about them. They do, and the the fan base is is a big part of that. You know, I I love watching their home games just to see all the support they get. Dean Harrison playing off the crowd really well. He's got two penalty saves. They got an excellent goalkeeper with him. It's just about figuring out the starting lineup for him. With twenty signings coming in, it's you can almost field two full squads. You can, other than Dean, that's ten and ten. Yeah, um, I'm trying to figure out who were the deadline day signings for them. Um, they got Willie Bully from Wolves. They signed him on a permanent. Um, you can list everybody on here, but um, I think the biggest one they got was Morgan Gibbs White from Wolves a couple of days prior. He seems like he'll that be was playing the record in that. deal. It seems like him and Lingard are going to be competing for time against each other in there for that that role. I would I would believe. I think the past couple of games they've been playing Lingard up top with Brendan Johnson, who isn't a, isn't a striker. Neither is Lingard. So now they, I think in. Um, Emmanuel Dennis, we know he's proven last year with Watford he can score goals up top. Um, I think they need to give more minutes to Awanini, um, the striker they got from Union Berlin. I think they're just That's missing their main striker signing. Yeah, I just think they're missing that main presence up front. Um, it seems like they're going to rock the five in the back, so you're only going to have the two up front. So ideally, they're going to have a big man, little man idea if I if I picture it that way. But um, they've only scored two goals in five games. Three of them, they've been shut out. Um, and I think they couldn't have asked for a better matchup this week against Bournemouth. It's going to be a very open game if I had to guess what it was going to be like. So it's a massive six-pointer. It's really going to set the tone for um, which team is, is going to have a better start in the year and who's going to really have to dig deep. Um, and then uh, Man City on deadline day, they got... Uh, uh, Akanji, center back from Dortmund, um, another Swiss player coming to the league. They have five center backs now. They're not letting any more go, or didn't. So now they they have a strong back line there who can compete in all competitions. Um, it's seeming like John Stones is questionable now, not in fitness, but in in uh, confidence in the manager after that own goal against Palace, and a bit sloppy at times throughout the other games. So I'm sure we might see Akanji earlier than uh, than people think. Um, we still haven't seen Calvin Phillips get a start yet. Uh, he's been dealing with a lot of injury issues as of late, but, um, do you think he's going to make a big impact when he starts playing? I am not certain. I mean, he's, he, he definitely was with the lead squad, but a $53 million transfer fee. It's seeming like he's his sign, hefty. the signing of him this year is like Grealish of last yeah, I mean, the injuries definitely hindered it, but I mean, we'll have to see maybe if he gets time in the cup games or Champions League if he can fight for a starting role in the league. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Bournemouth nil, Wolves nil, big snooze fest. Um, Wolves, like again, as always, getting plenty of opportunities to score 17 shots to Bournemouth's five, um, only four on target for Wolves, but one of those should have gone in. I mean, Bournemouth just sacked their manager and Scotty P. R.I.P. Um, I wouldn't doubt 
there being more sackings and maybe somebody else taking a chance on him in the league. Um, but that's a long shot there. Um, so they went to a 4-4-2 uh, instead of going in their five-back. Couldn't get anything going forward. We saw Solanke back in the lineup, which was good. Um, they decided Kiefer Moore on the bench. I think they're still trying to find that identity and continuity, really. They were very fortunate to get a point in this game, and I think in the dying embers of the game, Solanke had a chance to steal the three points. Um, who's this? Is it more upsetting for Wolves dropping the points, or or uh, should Bournemouth be upset that they couldn't nick one? I think it's more upsetting for Wolves here. You just right. look at the stat sheet. They had they're in the relegation zone right now, eighteen. Just just under double the amount of passes, seventeen shots. They had. 67 66% of the possession. Yeah. They I mean on the paper they dominated the game. You 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 got to see them score goals. They got Raul Jimenez back, their main number 9, and you want him to produce against uh, Bournemouth who was coming off of a tough run of games. Yeah, coming off a 9-0 pumping from Liverpool. 9-0 loss. Um you would think they would going to give up at least two, but Wolves do what Wolves do and they they struggle to score. So um, Wolves, Everton, and Leicester still the only teams that have not registered a victory yet. Um, will that change this week? I'm sure one of them is going to pick up a win this week, I have a feeling. Um, Business-wise, Bournemouth have, didn't do any deadline business. Wolves, on the other hand, where we mentioned they let Willie Bolly go. Um, and besides that, they didn't pick up anybody else on deadline day. So they're going to rock the squad they got. Um, oh, they let Leon Dendonker go. Uh, to Aston Villa. That was the one departure. That was a permanent deal. Um, bit unsure about that one. Um, he was their main defensive vendor, defensive mid off the bench, and now they don't really have anybody in that role. So, yeah, they lost big depth there. Yeah, so they better hope Neves or Moutinho don't get hurt anytime soon. Um, moving on to a more exciting game. Um I guess we'll save the Liverpool one. We'll go West Ham Spurs, 1-1 draw. Goals coming from Tilo Kerr, own goal for West Ham. And then Suchek in an equalizer in the 55th. That own goal coming in the first half, the 34th. Off a hurricane shot. Yeah, Harry Kane playing very well um, early in the season, which is not what he usually does, but getting off to a great start. Son, on the other hand, five games, no goals. Shocking. Um... What do you think about this result overall and what overall and what it means to both teams? Spurs really want to stay top table pace and a draw to West Ham who has been struggling is a bit of a smudge on that run. West Ham getting a point off of Spurs, however, is motivational factor for them to recover from the rough start that they've had. Yeah, we saw the First appearance for Lucas Paqueta, new signing for West Ham. Uh, came in for Ben Rama there, plays that 10 role in behind. Um, I think it's going to take him a couple games to get acclimated to the league, uh, especially with how the fixtures list is now with the World Cup coming up in November, how tight everything is. So he's not going to get very much time to 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 learn. He's going to have to learn on, on the job and really just um, find, find things out as he goes, really. Um, Harry, Harry Kane did his thing. Uh, Richarlson getting subbed in for Kulisevsky this time. Sooner or later, he's going to get the start. 
Um, I'd like to see if if he's going to be playing in that off off uh, Harry Kane, or maybe he gets to start as the number nine soon. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think West Ham. This is big after the start they had, losing their first three. Now they have a win and a draw, climbing back up the table where ideally people think they should finish in that top ten area. <coughs> Excuse me. Moving on, Liverpool. The most exciting game. Liverpool 2, Newcastle 1. The climax to this game, I don't think people saw coming. Um, the five sub rule has really made an impact in stoppage time and how that is ruled. Um, we're seeing a minimum of four added minutes at the end of games. What do you think about how that's been going down in, in all these games and how it leaves the moments like this, a 97th minute winner to Liverpool? I mean, the the more stoppage time and the more subs uh, just allows for these moments like you just mentioned. Uh, I don't really know what else I can add to that. It's just plain and simple. You're getting free soccer at that point, free football. Yeah, we saw the, the, the debut of Alexander Isak also getting a debut goal. In the, in the 38th minute, he also scored a second, but was ruled off sides. But the, that second goal, he composed. In a matchup with Van Dyke. Yeah, I don't think we saw him go at Van Dyke too much, but he was ripping Gomez and Trent up a lot. Um, are the, are the, from the game, from the game, do you think you saw a lot of good signs going forward for him? Definitely. Uh, I'm excited to see what comes of his career here. Not sure if he'll and, yeah, I was gonna have that starting you. role locked up when Wilson comes back. Maybe it'll be rotational. Yeah, or I don't not. know. How got don't... Chris Wood there. Yeah, I, Chris Wood's out of the picture totally now at this point. Yeah, but um, he was the placeholder. I don't know uh, when Wilson does come back. I don't know how they're going to work this if they go two up front or play one of them off to the side. I don't see that happening, but should be very interesting in. Uh, it's a good problem to have for Eddie Howe there. Uh, yeah, top, Eddie Howe's got some tough decisions to make. Top quality players competing for each other's spots um, as well. A good point, Eddie Howe. I appreciate you starting Dan Byrne at center back. Um, he should start oh, center back a shift only, here. not left back. He gets more points at center back, please. So moving forward, always have him there uh, if you ever listen to this. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Liverpool. Doing what Liverpool does, digging deep, getting that late-minute winner. Um, a draw here would have been really upsetting if you're a Liverpool fan. One, it would have been one win, three draws, and a loss. Um, nine points off Arsenal in first. Now they're only seven back. Um, what do you think about Liverpool's start so far? Was it something that you that it crossed your mind maybe at all? Um, I mean, they had their ups and downs. It's it's like United with the two losses at the start. The except we had a new manager, you wouldn't have expected this from Liverpool coming into the year. Very hyped up to keep the keep pace with City, but they hit a bump in the road and they're struggling. But they're coming back now, and seemingly the belief is there. The fans were in full force at the at Anfield. All the players, the young guys, Fabio Carvalho. Big impacts off the bench from him in the last couple games. Uh, they've got great, great depth, and they're showcasing it. They got Harvey Elliott into the team now, who I think has earned his starting role. He's just looked like one of the best players on the field there. Yeah, I think he's he's doing well. I don't think he's going to be a normal starter for them once Tiago's back in Keita. I think he's, he's making a strong case. 
Yeah, I think his 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 um his age shows a bit in his play. I think there's that's true. He's very aggressive going forward, which is nice. Um, but I think at times he's a bit rash in certain things and leaves the team exposed. But um, Liverpool did make a deadline day signing. They loaned Arthur from Juventus, paid a five million dollar fee for him for the year. He's coming to bring in that depth for that central midfield area, which ultimately is where I think Liverpool's title hopes are going to fall on is whether the midfielders can stay healthy or not because we saw last year with a fit Thiago how good Liverpool play um as well as distribution is just top notch yeah it completely opens the game for them whereas Milner can't do that uh, Harvey Elliott can't do that um I don't think Henderson can be asked to do that duty I think his role is better in other places on the field but yeah, they really miss him, it shows. Um, but a great win here. Uh, I don't think Newcastle should be overlooked that much. They took a, two points off of City and pushed Liverpool right to the very end here. Yeah. They, they oh, got a yeah. great squad. I think they've shown they can compete to finish in top 10. I mean, there's 12th right now and six points, one win, three draws, and a loss. Um, you could definitely say they deserved at least a point in that game. So, um Still a strong start. They had a lot of hard fixtures to open the year. You mentioned Liverpool and City. Um, throw in as well a, a tight, two tight games against Wolves and Brighton. Um, and now that they go on a bit of a run where there was a lot of winnable games there in Palace. Uh, West Ham's going to be tough. Bournemouth, Fulham. They're Brentford, there's a lot of good chances uh, there where they can get a lot of points. Um, so yeah, closing out the, the last game, the Thursday game that that closed us off yesterday. Your Manchester United getting another 1-0 victory um, and a familiar goal scorer in Jane Sancho in the 23rd minute. Assist from Rashford, nice little counterattack. Um, coming Bruno to Rashford and threaded to Sancho with the composure to dribble around Ward and uh, tuck it away nicely. Um, once again, we saw Ronaldo and Casemiro come on in the second half and do their thing. Ronaldo going for a bicycle kick. Um, what did you think about the game overall? I thought it was United by the books from Ten Hag. It's, they're still playing cautious. 1-0 victory is, I don't think what you, I mean, a 1-0 victory is a win and a clean sheet, so it is what you want to see, but they definitely could have scored more. I think their game plan as of now is to get that early goal and then lock it down and take your chances very few of them when you can but retain that lead retain the clean sheet i think going for next week to arsenal it'll open up a bit and you might see a bit more but i digress with the Leicester game i thought it was pretty dominant going forward you had sancho credited with the goal but it was really an excellent team goal just like last week teams linking up great you're seeing that belief there and it's on Ten Hag to figure out, which I think he has already figured out, but it's we'll have to see which players play what roles. I mean, you got Ronaldo coming in off the bench. I'm not sure how satisfied he is with that role, but you got other guys like Anthony coming in for upwards of $100 million. So plenty of depth, a lot of rotational roles. I think overall the team is looking very good. And then uh, the most important question I have for you about United. Will Donny Van de Beek ever play football? League Cup. 
Well, it's his best how, hope. How many, for how many new managers have to come in until he, he gets favored? I really thought Ted Hogg would have been the one, but Casemiro coming in and Erickson, I think it seals the deal. He's permanent. It's an erratic role. It's unbelievable, isn't it? That's unfortunate. And he had a failed loan spell with Everton. Um, yeah. His... As well, I will say Delo has been a breakout player for them in the back line, but he is very feisty. He's already got three yellow cards in five games, two more, and he will be suspended. Um, so big value if you want to pick up Juan Basaka for one game in the fantasy. Um, besides that, let's move on. Um, oh, I guess Leicester. What do you think about Leicester so far? Completely ignored Leicester. I mean, Leicester were still involved in this game. They're all dead last in the league. The door. Dead last in the league. No wins, one draw, four defeats. Um, four straight defeats now. Uh, they just lost Fofana to Chelsea. Um, Jamie Vardy has looked a shell of himself. Um, they let go Schmeichel, who was a massive leader and vocal yeah. point for their defense. Where are the positives they can take going forward? I mean, they're going to have to mix up the game plan, whether it's through subs or... Apparently they made change a, or apparently even a manager. A, they made a deadline day signing that I had no idea about. They signed Vote Fez from the That's Bel- their replacement for Fafana. Yeah, from the Belgian League. They got oh no, sorry, he's he is Belgian. They got him from Ligue on Stad Rems. Eighteen million dollars. So there's that replacement that I had no idea happened. Um so yeah, that is their second signing of the summer, besides a backup goalkeeper, so They've, they've been a very honest team. There's no it factor about them. It, what you see is what you get. And I think in this game, a lot of the creativity came from James Madison and yeah. uh, Kieran Dewsbury Hall. And they can only do so much here against the United team, who was pretty strong defensively. All right. Um, that, I would say is a good recap for the two of us last week and also the transfer recap too um what would you grade united's transfer window i guess off the top of your head uh i time will tell but on immediate impact it's i did they cover all the positions that you wanted yeah i would say so so wouldn't that be a good one I would say it is a at least a B at face value. I mean, ignoring the money and the two hundred and fifty million dollars overall spent, the about twelve million in income. Yeah, you guys spent about. 50, it was a big fifty million less than us. It was a big. That's that's pretty funny. It was a it's a big expenditure. I mean, time will tell if it pays off, especially with Anthony, who was a fee of uh, about one hundred four million dollars which is just under half of that on, on the one player. But we brought in a forward in him. He's a winger. Casemiro holding mid, who I think we've been looking for a strong holding mid, and he fits that role at least for a couple years since he's 30. So we'll get two or three, two, maybe three good seasons out of him, and we'll build a solid squad around him. Yeah, I think at uh, the end of the Ten day. Hag brought in some of his other guys, like Lissandra Martinez and uh, Tara Malassi at the back line. So I, I think overall it's it's been Ten Hag getting the guys he wants and building the squad that he wants, and I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think the, the overall winner is Ajax. Um, True. 
they better have the best facilities you've ever seen in your life with the amount of money that you <laughs> is funding them. Um, Chelsea too, they're they're still looking to get uh, one of their players, another player for like fifty mil from them. So um, I'm surprised Ajax isn't a bigger club with the amount of money they get. Ajax continues to be the best production of young talent. Yep, for um, global football. Yep, I don't, I can't really question that. Um, moving on, predictions, game week six. Starting tomorrow, September 3rd, eight games, a loaded Saturday window, two on Sunday, two important ones on Sunday. We started off Merseyside Derby, Everton hosting Liverpool. Some stats, Liverpool are undefeated in 25 of their last 26 matches against Everton in all comps. Liverpool are undefeated in 23 of their last 24 matches in the league. There have been under two and a half goals scored in eight of Everton's last 10 home matches. On the opposite side of that, there have been over two and a half goals scored in seven of Liverpool's last eight games. Where do you fall on the line in this game? I'm going with Liverpool. Mm -hmm. Just plain and simple. I think Liverpool just gets the outright win, make it chippy here and there, but I, I think Liverpool's guys are are ready to, to push forward and get the big win here. Yeah, they're, Everton's going to play their best to slow the game down, really be chippy. Um, There's a lot of other factors involved in this too with players coming back from injury and suspension. Liverpool have even more problems in the midfield now, I'm seeing. Uh, Jordan Henderson won't be available. Thiago, Keita, Arter, Oxlade-Chamberlain, none of them will be available in the midfield. Um That'll be the point of weakness. Jota, if they are to lose. Jota is going to be a sub for the game at best. Um, so that's a positive, as well as Joel Matip will be back as well to be featured in the squad. So, Dara Nunez, um, fresh off his three-game ban. Pick who, who, who out of those five. Out of these five, who's your starting three midfield for Liverpool? Fabinho, Elliot Milner, Curtis Jones, Fabio Carvalho. That's the five you can pick from. Well, Fabinho, Elliot, and Milner all have the most time with that starting eleven. So, yeah. I mean, those are the three off uh, the top of my dome I would go with. Yeah. It's a pretty defensive midfield. But yeah. Elliot, I think, injects enough of the attacking prowess. But you're going to be lacking that creativity in the middle, definitely. Yeah, and I forgot to mention, Darwin Nunes has finished his suspension. He is yep. back for this game. That's so massive. He is going I mean, to you, be hungry to get you Maybe even pull Bobby Firmino back into a shadow striker role, play him sort of as an attacking midfielder, because I think he adds creativity that they might be lacking. That and then possible. that gives Nunes plenty of space to work with with Salah and Diaz on either side of him. Yeah, and with that being said, I as well will be going with Liverpool here. <laughs> um, moving on to the... I just think it's going to be too overwhelming for Everton. Yeah, it's tough not to think that. We move on. Brentford hosting Leeds. This is a dicey one. Still not 100% with what I'm going with yet. Um, I guess to get my get my thoughts going, What what is your take on this game? Initially, I had Leeds coming in to Brentford and taking the, the road win. Yeah. But we discussed more with Leeds and their issues up top at striker. And 
I'm not feeling as confident on that. But Brentford struggles to produce up top as well. This could very well be a draw. But I think Leeds get potentially a late winner here. Maybe some Brendan Aronson influence in there. I think Leeds just squeaked this one out on the road. I'm going to stick with my guns initially. All right, you're going with Leeds. So far, I am 0-5 picking Brentford games, so they've been my, my duck. Yeah, that is your only team you haven't picked right. So I think with that being said, mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Brentford to win. Brentford um, at home. I think they're due a win. They've, they are. They are, going, they are going behind a lot, but um, they do fight to get back in the games. I think they're going to out-muscle Leeds a bit here, and I think the, the loss of Rodrigo is going to be massive in how um, they play. I think they were fortunate to get that equalizer last week against Everton. Um, and I think we're going to see that what Rodrigo means to this team. So I'm going to go with Brentford for the dub. Um, Christian Norgard won't be available for them this match. Um, he suffered an Achilles injury, which is going to sideline him for a few weeks. So he'll be out for the month of September. Um, so we may see more minutes, maybe go toward Yano. Um, we still yet to see Damsgaard get some minutes for them. Um, or he has been making sub appearances. Sorry, he, he hasn't oh, started yet. So, um, attacking mid air fielder, his, his big, uh, shining moment was in the Euros for Denmark. So, going with Brentford, we're, we're going polar opposites here. I, th I think with your record, I'm favored in that matchup. So, yeah, I think I'm going to regret that pick the most, but I went with Leeds initially, so I'm not going to double back on myself. This one, uh, this one's tough, man, but I have to say it. Um, Chelsea, West Ham, going with a draw. Um, I think this is the first time out of maybe two or three times I didn't pick Chelsea to win a game. But I think the reality setting in. I think this the squad isn't fully motivated. I think the team is being a bit selfish and looking out for themselves, trying to figure out an easier way to get minutes rather than compete and try to figure out how they fit in this system. So... And West Ham's a team in Moisey that is a grinder. Um, they're they're influent or they're they're injecting new new blood into the team as well, um, and it's showing that it's working too. Shamaka has been putting in good shifts. Um, Paqueta will come over time, but um, I think a classic one-one draw here um, in a London derby. This is another one I'm torn on. I initially had Chelsea here. Because I think the the home factor will will help them get the win, but as you said, West Ham is grindy. They have a bit more depth with their new signings, who are still figuring out their roles. I mean, Moise, I don't think Moise is set on a starting eleven for certain roles, especially on the wideouts. Ben Rama has been in and out of that starting role, but once again, I'm sticking with my guns. Chelsea at home, I think they'll beat West Ham by one goal in the end. Yeah, you're never going to say Chelsea win by two or three. That just doesn't make sense nowadays. going to be a tight one. I just think West Ham will have shots, but may not be on target. Yeah. Sterling will get one. He'll grind it out. Yep, Reese James will be available for this game. Um, that's a, that's going to be a big factor, too. I think Chalaba is going to be rested. He's not going to be forced back. We do have Fafana. I think Fofana will get the start. I'm thinking this is going to be the back line of Cucurella, Fofana, Thiago, Koulibaly, and Reese James. I think that's our five. 
very strong on um, paper, at least. I'd love to see Chilwell get some more minutes. I feel like he's getting outshined by the Cucurella signing. Um, he adds his own style to the team, which I like. But um, that's what you get at these top clubs, the, the best talents competing with each other. Um, Loftus-Cheek, I don't think, will be available. It's going to be a stretch. Um, he would play at that wing-back role, potentially in the midfield, but Kovacic has more minutes. Um, I don't think Zachariah will be available yet. Still coming over, getting all the stuff sorted. Um, and then Gallagher is available after his red card. I don't think he's going to start. Think Havertz will continue his role up top, or maybe yeah, I think, will get I another, think no, another no. run. I think he's still going to go with Havertz and Sterling up there. I don't. I think he's got a big, he's got a big hard on for Havertz. He wants him to work <laughs> so bad, but it's just not working at the moment. So, staying with the draw. Um, All right, draw for you, Chelsea, for me. Next, we have Newcastle hosting Palace. Um, this is one of the two that I'm still like wavering on a bit. I can. I can be swayed anyway at this point. So what do you think? I've been good with my new Newcastle picks. I think I got a good read on the team. Coming yep, four and one. back up north from a tough 2-1 loss to Liverpool, I think the home crowd is going to be very behind Newcastle. It's going to be loud. Palace is going to struggle under the pressure. I think Newcastle wins this with another ESAC goal. That would be phenomenal. Um, Newcastle are undefeated in 11 of their last 12 home matches, uh, having scored at least two goals in their last three home games. And as well, Newcastle have seen under two and a half goals in 10 of their last 11 matches against Crystal Palace. So that take might be right, a 1-0 Newcastle win. Um, I can never figure out Palace, really. Um, they, they are a dark horse in almost every game. It's true. Um, and their attack looks good. I love Eze in there as well. So, um, Zaha on the counter is deadly. I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with the draw. I just throw a draw out okay. there. I'm just not totally sure. If I had a lean, I think I'm gonna go with a, a Palace upset. But I think I'm gonna stick with a draw here. I think this is a Newcastle spiral week. Um, next we have. This might be the toughest pick of the week. The biggest six-pointer, I think, of the week. Forest hosting Bournemouth. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this. I, is... I think we might have the same result here, but if you wanna, I'm gonna get my pick out of the way. I think Forest at home. I think they pull together three points here on Bournemouth. And Bournemouth, the only stat that comes up is Bournemouth have failed to score in their last four matches. Um, this is a great opportunity for them to score. Nottingham Forest have been exposed as of lately, um, giving up 11 goals, over half of those to Man City, so take that as you will. But still, they... Regardless, Dean Henderson has been elite in goal for them. They're still in a, they're in a transition period after Scotty P leaving um, because he doesn't he didn't believe in the squad um, overall to compete in the league. He felt like he wasn't backed enough, and I'd have to agree with him. Um, and now they're doing a little bit of a formation change, this is for Bournemouth. I think this is a prime match for Steve Cooper and Forrest to figure out who is going to be a mainstay and then starting 11, really. So I'm going to go with Forrest. Another great home atmosphere. Yeah. and it even... As well as the Newcastle one, I think Forrest will have a, the crowd backing them heavily here. Yeah, so you're going with Forrest as well? Yep. 
All right, next on the sheet, we have Spurs hosting Fulham. This is a spicy one that can go any of three ways, any of the three ways. Um, some stats. Yeah, I, I could definitely understand argument for any result. We were just talking about Fulham being underrated potentially, and this is a big proving match for them to double down after the Liverpool one. So um, Tottenham have won eight of their last nine home matches, as well as they have won six of their last seven against Fulham. Um, Fulham have failed to win seven, uh, to have failed to win their last seven away matches. So struggle on the road. Um, there have been an over two and a half goal scored in Fulham's last three games, as well as there have been under two and a half goals scored in Tottenham's last three games. So just like, um, the, the Liverpool Everton game, we're seeing a clash there in the, the over under for goals, but. Tottenham, I think, will gladly give Fulham all the possession they want. Um, I think it'll play more into Fulham's favor, and in, in when they lose the ball, they're going to have to high press. It's just a matter of if Tim Ream and Tosin can stop the counter, uh, the the explosiveness that Spurs have. And I think this is the first time they're really going to deal with a, a, a powerful number nine uh, for a full 90 minutes. Um, they did have their share with with Nunez a bit, um, Tooney, they they couldn't hold him off for one goal, um, as well as Jesus. Jesus was a big problem for them. So I think we're going to see a bit of a struggle here, and I think I'm going to go with Spurs. I'm also going to go with Spurs. I think it just comes down to the management styles of each team. I think Conte will have this one well figured out. Like you said, the possession won't be a problem. They'll sit back and gladly invite the pressure on i i just think conti will have his boys ready for this one and they'll get the dub ski at home yeah i think they'll tire him out in the first half and fulham's drop off a bit around that 60 minute period i feel like they 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 just gas themselves a bit from the yeah. press and that's where tottenham just put the nail in the coffin yeah i feel like a set piece will decide here um we go to the other match i have no fucking clue on where to go <laughs> Wolves hosting Southampton. Wolves still seeking their first win. Southampton coming off a big high, beating Chelsea. Um, I guess right off the bat, before I get into the stats, where does your head lie? I think Wolves get their dub here at home versus uh, a Southampton side. Like you said, they're coming off a high, but they are pretty wishy-washy in, the, in their runs of form in, in Premier League history, so I, I think Wolves humble them back down here. And get their first dub. Yeah, your read on Wolves has been good of lately, 4-1. Um, Wolves are another team or wishy-washy in form. But, yeah, I think they get the dub here. Yeah, last year Wolves took both wins against Southampton, 1-0 and 3-1. I think that continues here. I'm going to back Wolves again. Hopefully riding your your reads, I think. Um, but they're definitely do a win. I mean... The way they play, they create so many damn chances. They have to finish one sooner or later. They have right? so many shots. And uh, Southampton are no slouch. They will have their opportunities too. But I can see this game being a one niller. Uh, the last Saturday game, prime time, twelve thirty. Aston Villa hosting Man City. Go Man City. Um, is there any chance for Villa to get an upset? Uh, you could look back the last game of uh, last season here, Villa held but could only hold City's attack for so long and that was before they had Erling Holland up top I'm just gonna say City full stop yeah. City with the win 
Yeah, should be interesting um, if Villa integrate their new signings in Bednarek and Dendonker. Um, we've seen the lack of confidence in things for whatever reason, so um, hopefully he starts for his sake. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. It's going to be counterattack ball from Villa heavily, and I think that's the best style they could play. Might have you're. I think they have to play Mings here in the Holland matchup. Yeah, it's it's going to be brutal. He's going to get thrown around just as much as the other guys. So we'll see. Um, jump into the Sunday games. Now we go Brighton hosting Leicester. Um, I, I can't go with Leicester, man. Um, no. I can't go with it. I think I'm going to go with a, a Brighton win. I think I'm going to ride with them again. Um, it's Brighton funny, home? It's, it's funny because last year their home record was absolutely shocking, and I absolutely hate Brighton last year just there's some about them this year i've turned i've turned the page and i've been a big supporter for them i enjoy the play they play i enjoy the team overall and i think they're going to continue their their strong start and maybe in two weeks time i think they're going to replicate what they did last year and they're going to have a very poor run so until then i think they get another dub here uh, this is another game I think I have a very hard read on. This game has draw written all over it for me. There's, like you said, with the Brighton home record last year, I think I, I just have a feeling that this is a draw. Brighton are dropping points here. Yep. Like Unless there are picking up a point, not something they want. They would like a, a win here, but they've been pretty honest, as I've said, going forward. No changes in the... In the side, very few signings. It's been the same team, minus Schmeichel and a few other key pieces, but this is draw written all over it for me. Yeah, Leicester on a four-game losing streak. Uh, on the contrary, Leicester are undefeated in 11 of their last 12 matches against Brighton. Um, Brighton are undefeated in their last six home matches, and Leicester have lost with a one-goal margin in their last three matches. So 2-1, Brighton, mark me down. Uh, and finally, we close off match of the week, uh, the weekend. Manchester United hosting Arsenal. Arsenal top of the table, flawless five and zero. Man United back to back wins. Um, sorry, three wins in a row. Riding high, fifth place against first. Where are we going? I got my hands in the air right now. I'm smiling thinking about this matchup at. Old Trafford, yeah. both teams, big full heads of steam coming into it. Great momentum. I got to back United here. I think it'll be a one-goal margin victory no matter how many are scored. It's going to be hard fought. It's going to be grimy. It's going to be grindy. I think you're going to see plenty of action, plenty of subs for both teams. But I think Ten Hag and United take it home. Yeah, both teams with the injury bug a bit. Arsenal starting to feel it a bit more now. Ramsdale and Odegaard. Um, game day decisions right now. We'll see what uh, Arteta says in the pre press conference tomorrow um, on their status. Updated, but Partey and Zinchenko will be out, as well as Anel Nenny. So we definitely could see um, Sam B get another start in there, as well as Smith Rowe if Odegaard can't go. So... A lack there. Man United, on the other hand, um, Shaw, Bamasaka, both out. Martial still out, but it's going to be a normal eleven. I'd have to say. I don't see why he changes the eleven. That's no one three in a row. 
Um, and then I just I just can't see a clear winner here. I'm going to go with a draw. Um, I feel like at, at United is going to play against them. I think Arsenal definitely are going to get more on the road, but I feel like United can get just enough to get one point. So I'm going to pick a draw. That's fair. Um, That's fair. So yeah, that concludes this part, part two of episode 149. We crushed an hour there. Um, I, I guess it would have been a half hour if it was just me, so it makes sense with you. Uh, Zach, thanks for coming on. Um, hopefully we get a lot of our picks right. Um, hopefully we start winning some of these player props as well and the bets. Um, other than that, uh, make sure you check us out on our socials at Post20Pod. Check our streaming platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Um, other than that, good luck this weekend. All your bets. College football's back if you're betting on that. Uh, NFL starts next week. We have our fantasy mix going on there. We're in a dynasty league. Um, going to be a lot to keep up with, a lot of shit to watch. But A lot of sports. Uh, it's the best time of the year. September is definitely my favorite month of the year. And uh, hopefully you guys, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say, but stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Good box.